Hey, yeah. it is a bonus episode of Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. What's up? My name is Brian. And hey, I am Murdoch, and we are so happy you tuned in. We normally talk about the rumor innuendo and all the things you wanted to ask about rock and roll. And the best thing, really, about the podcast that's happened to us is that you write us letters, which is turned into our episodes, because we answer your questions. And now we're going to reach into the mailbag and read some of your letters, uh, just to thank you for writing in and seeing if you like us or if you really don't like us. <laughs> it's mostly good. We don't get a lot of negative uh, letters from you. That's nice. I appreciate that. I, uh, I was just being funny. We uh, have we tend to do this fairly often. We haven't done it in a little while because we have been doing the, the BS Conversations spinoff pod, which has been super fun. Thank you for everybody who wrote and, and thanked us for the Brian Vanderark episode. I like how we got thanked for doing that, and I was like, I got to hang out with fucking Brian Vanderark. Why are you thanking me? Uh, yeah. That was, it's like we saw him on camera, and I was like, Jesus Christ, Zoolander. I was like, Do sweet, I- baby James, sweet baby James <laughs> Jesus Zoolander. <laughs> so freaking good looking. So, it's like you would think he'd be like, just look like crap no, from being a no. star. Like as soon as he came on, I was like, do I text Murdoch now and tell him that I'm like nervous because I'm like a man crushing on this hunk of masculinity in front of us. Uh, and then you said it during the interview and I was like, Oh good. It wasn't just me. The thought this guy is weirdly attractive. Um, he was, dis- he was disappointed because we weren't using zoom. <laughs> he wanted to, Wanted everyone to see his face. Um, Okay, so uh, let me just dig in here, and we'll just get... I mean, I've got a stack of letters. Thank you for everybody who has been patient um, and uh, uh, sent us uh, plenty of notes. Um, Okay, so let's go to... Uh, this one. This is Jeff writes the show commenting on our, our recent Taylor Swift Bobby Gentry episode it says what I love about you guys is the way you cover all genres and the twists and turns that go from point A to point C. Yes, that was a twisty and turny, turny episode. What's, what's interesting, a little background about that episode. We got asked about Bobby Gentry over a year ago and I had put that on the short list and could not figure out how to make it work. Kept coming back to it. Kept coming back Ooh, to did. it. And then uh, then we finally did. So I was able to... I, I, I say this because I think, you know, you, you send a letter into a podcast and you might think it got lost or that we just don't care. That's not typically the case. Usually we try to acknowledge... Uh, either on the show or personally to you or something if you're going to write in. If you have not heard from us and you've written in an idea or a list of ideas, we're probably putting those things on the on the stove and just trying to get to them at some point um and that was a great example so i was able to write back our our friend who had suggested that the lit the uh listener to the show and said hey i know it took a year but guess what <laughs> your episode is up this week which freaking did it yeah which was really fun um okay here's one from zevia uh another i'm just i'm, I'm front loading with all the really nice things murdoch uh love your love your podcast uh you really you guys really know how to tell a story well just to let you know how good you are i find myself listening to episodes about genres like metal or country which i couldn't care any less about because i'm not wow. american yeah <laughs> i'm not american so i don't care about metal or country i mean she's clearly not like swedish right because swedish black metal that's a thing um, oh my gosh the helicopter <laughs> please uh but okay yeah no i that's that is hugely flattering thank you very much for letting us know that um yeah, and thanks thanks for listening and you know going out on a limb and listening to you know about story about something else that you know really don't give a shit about 
um, that I mean, we really appreciate. Well, it. and uh, we're we're both very curious people. We're we're learners. We're people who, and that's why people ask me. I actually yeah, a mutual friend of ours hung out with recently, Murdoch, and he was like, "How do you do that shit? Like, how much time do you?" I was like, "You don't want to know any of those details because it's a lot, but it doesn't. It's this is what we love to do." Because we love to learn this stuff ourselves, and if we can then just pass it along to you, then so be it. Um, yeah, and it's really interesting that most people don't, if some people know or don't know, we've mentioned it on the show, is that we're radio guys, and we've done podcasting for a dozen years. Um, so we really we really can talk to each other in very easy way and, and go back and forth with each other without it being awkward or, you know, with the tons of other, I mean, there's 70 billion podcasts now. Um, and, and it just feels great because it's also a chance for Brian and I to, to hang out and talk about stuff we like. And we so just have great. to remember to turn the recorder on. I mean, how long were we talking tonight before we started doing this? Uh, a good 25 uh, was, minutes? Yeah. That was therapy. That was 25 <laughs> minutes. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. Uh, that was catching Thanks up. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for listening, Brian. So Dennis writes the show, Hey, guys, I think your podcast is fantastic, deeply informative, always fun. Uh, the ironic part of bedtime stories is that it keeps me awake with your terrific tales. Um, I feel very good. And then and then there's a, there's a quick aside. Also, any Iron Maiden would be appreciated. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There is, hey, Dennis, I want to know if you've seen the clip, and it's really recent. So 2013, and Bruce Dickinson, who all of a sudden looks really old, um, has a crazy mask thing over his head and, like, goes over his eyes, and he goes to put it on Steve Harris, the bass player. He's kind of his band, sort of. And Steve Harris gets really fucking pissed off. <laughs> And I was reading through the comments and and eventually I kind of got the idea from a lot of people that like Steve Harris doesn't like Bruce, Dick- Bruce Dickinson. It's like <laughs> they're guys that work together and fucking hate each other. <laughs> and um, he doesn't, you know, I, I, the thing is, is that the first time I saw Steve Harris play, I was like, wow, a person can play bass with their fingers and it sounds like that. Um, so that's the great. We'll figure out something with. Iron we'll Maiden. Find, we'll find Maybe Maiden. just that's the idea. We talk about how those two guys hate each other. So Derek has comments on our recent episode about Jefferson Airplane slash Starship. Uh, he writes, just finished the Jefferson Airplane Starship episode. Love it. Didn't know anything about that band, but I can't believe, and see that he betrays himself here because he clearly knows something about that band. I can't believe that in the midst of discussing the band's morphing, you didn't mention the fact that that the only rock band performance included in the Star Wars Christmas special was a really weird holographic performance by Jefferson Star. Wow. <laughs> I forgot about the Star so, Wars. So this was thing. this was in my notes. Like I came across it in the research and I decided not to bring it up because it felt like a hole we would fall down. Uh, so I will apologize publicly for not including it, but yeah, they were making a lot of decisions there at the end of the seventies to try all sorts of stuff. Uh, and that was one of the, anything you read about them, it's like, and then they were on the star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if there's like a parody television show <clears throat> where they made fun of stuff and they had them singing like we built this death star. <laughs> That's I, really, what I hear in my I'm head. I'm just going to imagine that that is what their appearance on that Christmas special was. <laughs> I do want to say, as I die, uh, I do want to say that 
and I believe they did an episode, maybe not on this, but on some of the Star Wars albums that were put out. There is a really great podcast once you have listened to our entire catalog. I believe it's called Bizarre Albums, and it's by the drummer of Motion City Soundtrack, which is a band that Murdoch knows I love, uh, a Minneapolis band. And he has been just finding old vinyl and then just basically walking you through the history of why this weird record was created. And so I'm pretty sure he's done some Star Wars deep dives you might want to check out. Um, okay, some more airplane stuff. We got more more airplane comments. Uh, John writes, big airplane hot tuna fan here. FYI, uh, J-O-R-M-A is pronounced Yorma, not Jorma. Apparently, I said Jorma, which I feel real stupid about because looking at that, I know it's Yorma. Uh, so apologies there to everyone who has a, uh, a soft J or a YJ in their name. Uh, but he goes on. I heard you guys talking about Grace Slick using the F word a lot in the 80s. And you said the Jefferson Airplane really pushed the envelope using the word fuck in the 1960s. Would you be willing to do a follow-up segment on this? Was Jefferson Airplane the very first musical act to use the word fuck in one of their recordings? Um, and this, of course, would be the song We Can Beat Together on their 1969 Volunteers album. So... The answer is yes. I am willing, and I have the research. Okay. This is going to be quick, but here's what I've learned. Um, If you were just to go on a message board and pose this question, Jefferson Airplane, We Belong Together, will come up in the conversation pretty quickly. So it was an early early example of this. But if you're going to be really specific, you could go... All the way back into the 30s and 40s, it, do you you seem like a guy who probably owned one of these compilations, like Raunchy Rock and Roll Volume One, R- Risque Rhythms? <laughs> How did I know? How did I fucking know that you owned these things? Baby, let me bang your box. <laughs> Baby, let me bang your box. Like that was on there. Dude. It was like real classic things, like 60 Minute Man and things that were that people knew or whatever. But X rated. Oh, X-rated 50s R&B blues, uh, 60s, early 70s blues, all about fucking. This is the description for Raunchy Rock and Roll Volume 2. Uh, 17 songs. It contains some of the most nasty graphic material you'll ever likely to find, but it actually has like sometimes legitimate artists who are performing under fake names. So wow. there is Johnny Otis. I'm not going to say the name of the song that he does because this is sort of a family show. Uh, okay. But I will Who, say... Who's Johnny Otis? Who's that? Uh, Johnny Otis is like an old R&B guy, right? Like legitimate R&B guy. And so. he did a song, or he, he posed on this compilation as a band called Snatch and the Poontangs. Well, that's you can't get much more direct than that. Yikes! Jackie Wilson does a song with Laverne Baker on this compilation. We love Jackie Wilson. Love Laverne Baker. There's a Dinah Washington song on here called Long John, Short John. I'll let you fill in the blanks. Yeah, there's I've heard there's several songs that's like uh Long John, like that that term is is in there now if we were going to get out of this there's a few anecdotes i mean the one song that people will point to as the first use of the word is eddie duchin a song called old man moses he's a pianist 
and he was clean cut looking, looks like a total guy you'd bring home to your parents, but he has a, a cover of Louis Armstrong's Old Man Moses that he puts out in 1938. Patricia Norman does the vocals, and it caused a scandal because of some wink-wink innuendo that was in it. And there's a lyric that is bucket, but it sounds very convincingly like he is saying fuck it instead of bucket. So that that is often pointed to as the very first use of the F word in popular music. So I don't know if that really counts because yeah. that's just messing around, right? Now, I, I did run across a couple of interesting anecdotes. I, this is not the first, but it is one of one of the most hidden. Did you know that in My Sharona by the Knack, which we have done a bonus episode on, uh, there is a secret F-bomb. According to the BBC, Mike Chapman, who produced that record, added a, quote, chanted background vocal very low in the mix, which snuck in the word fuck. Do you know about Louie Louie? It's got... About the drummer yelling it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he totally misses the thing. Today, I was uh, with my in-laws, uh, and we were at uh, amusement park for four hours. Oh, and uh, Jetter Liner came on, and I wanted to have that conversation with everyone, and I knew no one <laughs> wanted to talk about it. Uh, one of my all-time favorite episodes of the show. Uh, so, a couple more quick things about this. You know, there's quite a bit of stuff that comes out around the same time as We Could Be Together by uh, Jefferson Airplane. If we were going to put it in the 60s. If we were just going to discount this like blues stuff, right? And say what's true rock and roll band, you've still got a song from, you know, the San Francisco Friends of Jefferson Airplane, Country Joe and the Fish. There's a song by them that drops it. Uh The Doors, oh, yeah. there's a version of I think it's The End that Yeah. So is that is that on the actual studio Debut record, so or there's is that a on new the live record. So he doesn't really say it. He sort of says, you know, in classic Jim Morrison. In, that, there's a live, an official live record they put out, and that stunned me about how cool I thought the doors were all of a sudden. But like he gets to the <laughs> mother, I want to, and he goes, fuck you, mama. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, says yeah. that, and it's like yeah, unbelievably so crazy. It's not like that on the original. But there yeah. is a re-released version, I believe, uh, that has come out since where it is clear that that is clearly the lyric. And then there's the MC5. Kick out the jams. Yeah. Good God. Also, I, I, it, yeah. if you want to hear maybe the dirtiest song, just in terms of really digging into the words that comes from a long time ago, you can look up Lucille Bogan's uh, uncensored version of Shave Em Dry. From 1935. And I'm just, just going to leave it at that. Shave them yeah, dry. Yeah, let's move on. All right. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Lauren from New York. Uh, hey, Brian and Murdoch. My name is Lauren. I absolutely love you guys and your show. I'm a Patreon member. Yeah, Lauren. Thank you. That's, that's a great chance to plug that if you really do right love up. the show and you got a couple extra bucks, you can get extra content every month. We got new stuff. Uh, new. We, we do two special uh, shows a month. One we call the top five, where we try to determine the top five songs about a certain subject. Then we have a playlist uh, thing where we just make a playlist together of some songs that we really like based on some sort of theme. 
So you get that. You get a weekly newsletter. You get bonus random content from extra, you know, stuff from our interviews that have gotten put up there. Videos of me standing next to the lead singer of the Gin Blossoms while he watched the lead singer of Cheap Trick. That that went to our Patreon subscribers. Lots of good stuff. And it's retroactive. So you can just sign up today and get all that stuff and everything that comes out after. But anyway, Lauren, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Sweet. And then she says, I recently listened to episode 146, Steven Tyler versus Todd Rundgren. Fantastic episode, guys. Uh, not sure if either of you heard this or not, but thought you and maybe others would get a kick out of the name of Todd Rundgren's line of cannabis. I recently came across it on Instagram, and she attached the picture, and it is a cartoon of his face, and the name of the <laughs> weed is, hello, it's weed. It's weed. <laughs> Hello, it's weed again. <laughs> Which was pretty fun. Um, yeah, that's okay. awesome. Uh, hey, guys. my fr- This is Samantha. Samantha C. Uh, my friend just introduced me to the show, and I'm a huge fan. I just listened to your episode about the Beatles and the Maharishi, and you mentioned that the Beatles were almost involved in the Lord of the Rings movies. I know Led Zeppelin has a few songs based on The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy, and being a fan of both, I wondered... If you could give me more information about any of this, thank you for making such an awesome show, Samantha. Uh, ah. So, what what do you know about this? Do you know the songs that are specifically attributed to Lord of the Rings? Um, there's the one that starts with the mandolin, whatever that one is. Uh, I got the list. Okay, you got. Here, here's the one thing I wanted to tell you how I kind of really learned about it is I had. I had a live uh, cassette, and I think it was the 77 tour. And they finished, you know, one of the songs in the acoustic acoustic set, and Robert Plant just yelled, Strider! And I had to figure out what he was talking about, and then I started finding out that they were interested in the Lord of the Rings and the runes and all these things, all this mystical stuff that really goes along with you know, right. the mystical, right. the, the mystery of that band, really. So let's hear the songs. So Ramble On, Over the Hill and Far Away, Misty Mountain Hop, and the Battle of Evermore. Or Battle of Evermore that's was the, the one, one you're thinking, thinking of. And yeah. those are the ones that are specifically attributed. Now, Plant has been asked about this. like why, And he has basically said that he was young and didn't have real-life experience to pull lyrics from. And so when he read this stuff and he got into it, it seemed like an obvious place to create art. So he says, quote, this is a quote from a Rolling Stone interview. Obviously, I was developing all the time with what I felt and what I was surrounded by. I didn't have to sing R&B stuff because I was able to write stuff. But sadly, some of it was, and he sort of trails off. There was maybe one or two too many, well, hobbits. (laughs) There were one or two too many hobbits. That's a direct quote. Uh, from Robert Plant talking to Rolling Stone. Now, Rolling Stone did a different piece that I found. We'll throw this stuff in the show notes, where he, where they actually talk about other bands that were influenced by Lord of the Rings. You know, there's like a whole list of them that have openly said, "Okay, Black Sabbath, yeah, Rush, Genesis." I mean, none of the none of these don't make sense. Pink Floyd, and maybe the weirdest one is Megadeth. Wow. Do you know what Megadeth song was? <laughs> that's that's the one I didn't see you, coming. Someone called you a god. I don't know. <laughs> there's a there's a video on YouTube of Lane 
Lane from Alice in Chains doing his impression of Dave Mustaine, and it is funny every time. Uh, so in our Patreon newsletter for this week, I did drop a link. Do you know about the fake Megadeth guy? So there's this guy on YouTube no. that made a fake Megadeth album in 24 hours, and he documented the whole thing and put it on his YouTube channel. And so... He, and he does an impression of Mustaine that he's really proud of. So that's what made me think of it. Now, he has just released a Metallica done in 24 hours fake album and posted that also to his YouTube channel. So Patreon subscribers are getting links to that stuff in their email in the morning. But um, that made me think of that, that there was this, his idea was like, I don't like new Metallica, so I'm just going to make a fake Metallica record that sounds like the Metallica that I like. But wow. he was the first to admit that he is much better at impersonating Mustaine than he is Hetfield. So it could be it could be touch and go. The thing I, I'm I feel sad about Mustaine is that I've read interviews where he's like, Yeah, me and Kirk are great. I really respect him. He like did my solos as I wrote them that were on Kill 'em All. And then there's an interview where it's like, you know, he knew the other guys, so it made it really easy to pick on Kirk. So he would say like really mean things to Kirk. And one time he said, I know he got my job or whatever, but at least I fucked his girlfriend before uh, I got to, I got kicked out of the Ooh. band. It's like, and it's like, he's so angry <laughs> about losing this job. I mean, yeah. think about the job he lost. Yeah. The worst situation ever for a, a guy in a band. Is this an episode? Should we do the Mustang versus Metallica episode? Sure. All right. We'll put it on I the do, list. I do think that I do think that there's a we can do an episode and we can talk about a lot more about the background because the idea is that he was in the band for what, eleven months? Yeah. So there's there's not a lot to uh, not a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. And his thing is like, why did you know it's like, could you have told me to go to rehab? That way I, I wish you'd had. You know, it's like I saw he did that on the some uh the some kind of monster documentary. Um but yeah. Well that's good. We got we got another letter. Speaking of delicious rock and roll, uh Ryan writes the show. He heard us talking about Louder Than Life Music Festival, which of course is coming up in September. If you go uh into the show notes of any of our recent episodes, you can find a link to uh win some tickets there. Also we have the storyguys.com. Yeah, and win tickets to apparently the largest metal festival in the United States. Even though Green Day and the Foo Fighters are on it, on it too. So um, here's here's what I appreciate about Ryan. Ryan went to the, the, the. This is why I love our fans. So looked at the lineup, and of course you already said Foo Fighters, Weezer, Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, it goes on and on, right? But he looked at the tiny little print. And he was like, guys, let me just tell you right now, you have to go see Gnome. G-N-O-M-E. And I and immediately reached out to you and said, what do you know about Gnome? And I was like, uh, three-piece stoner metal band? Okay, sure, <laughs> I'm in. And uh, hats, hats off to... Uh, and that, Is that Ryan? Is that right? Yes. Okay. I wonder if it's the same Ryan that I know who told me uh, like yesterday to not miss out on Gnome. Like I said, hey, I know someone else that said it. Maybe it is Ryan because his name is Ryan. Or just this is the thing. Guys named Ryan love Gnome. Uh, but let's, let me just uh, let me play a little bit of Winslow. Let me also say that if you go look on YouTube, uh, all their videos 
feature all three of these guys wearing gnome hats, like in everything. And a lot of the videos, they're not playing instruments. They're just dancing to this stoner rock. So Are they dancing with the gnome hats? Yes. Oh, what a gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's pretty delicious. Check this out. It's not entirely instrumental, but it's mostly riff-based, and uh, it's really delightful. And there is a song on this record called Kraken Wanker. So I just, I don't even know what to do with that other than to tell you that it exists. And uh, I can almost damn guarantee you that Murdoch and I will be at that stage. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to give a shout-out to one of these Ryans, or maybe the one Ryan who is both Ryans, who's in a band called Doomsday Prophet. They're Asheville, North Carolina, and Ooh. they are Doomy. Oh, wow. And stonery. Okay. And well, I like them. Yeah, let's check that out. Uh, okay, so I, let's, you know, we even got letters about this week's episode. Uh, this one came in from a, a guy named Brian. Not me. Not Ryan. Brian. Uh, and, and Brian wrote... Um, Hey, love the show. The other day, you were talking about how cool Phil from Thin Lizzy was. Yes, we were. We He's the man. We were. Uh, it reminded me of a defining moment for me. Uh, I was raised on Sun Records in Rockabilly, and I remember like it was yesterday watching PBS when I was really young and witnessing what I thought of as the coolest rocker I had ever seen. Uh, the leather... The stance, the greased curly hair, the one glove, the way he held the mic, mm. and the pure adrenaline of the performance, plus the songs, the leather suit, the one glove, all of it, years before other people copied him. Gene Vincent, Bebop Alua, Don't Knock the Rock on UK TV, uh, it blew my mind. Uh, and so I just wanted to let you guys know that. Sweet. I'm a native Tennessean, and man, if you haven't been to Sun Records, like they didn't destroy that studio. You go into the, it's like a record store, and then there's the museum where they tell you about everything, and you go downstairs, and like there's a studio with the X on the floor where the microphone is, and you can take a picture with it. And uh, it's it's the freaking studio. Um, like it's just, un like there's nothing really fancy about it. You know, it's not like you're an electric lady line or something. It's like really just kind of a basic room, um, but worth the visit for I mean, sure. I like where Brian's head is at because I feel like this could be a, a, a spinoff mailbag sort of thing that we do. It's like, tell us the the musical performance you saw that blew your mind as a kid, right? Like, I remember having a friend who I was in a band with in like middle school. And he would tell you that he saw the video to come down by Bush. And it was a religious experience for him. Right. And, and so some of these bands, whether some of them don't, right. But it's like the impact is the impact. It doesn't really matter what pop culturally we think of it now. Right. And so uh, that's really interesting. We are the story guys, gmail.com. If you've got 
an experience like that you want to share with us because I, I think it'd be a really fun thing to talk about on the show. Um, I mean, we those stories come up organically with us all the time about the stuff that we saw that really impressed us over the years or whatever or that sort of <clears throat> melded our musical taste. But I'd love to hear it from the audience. We are the story guys at gmail.com. Of course, you can Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, the story guys. Instagram is backslash rock and roll bedtime stories. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you can message us through Patreon. It comes directly to us. So we do obviously pay attention to that as well. And uh, and again, remember those lighter than life tickets are up for grabs. And we have got, I think it's next week or maybe in two weeks, we kick off uh, a chance for another ticket to another music festival um, that you can also uh, be a part of, which is really exciting. So, uh, Murdoch, anything to add before we wrap up our, our mailbag episode, our epic long mailbag episode? Uh, register to win for those lighter than life tickets, and you can maybe come see us because we're freaking going. Um, I mean, why not? And thanks so much for listening and writing us. It's like the best part of every day that we have. And keep telling stories, people. <laughs>